You're listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast, recorded on Sundays in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our goal is to help you grow from root to fruit. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. I kind of wish I had a joke to tell, but I don't. So, when I was a little girl, though, We used to sing a song that said, Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. And I just have this sense that surely the presence of the Lord is in this place this morning. And sometimes um, it's okay for that to feel a little heavy or weighty or not like, woohoo, jump up and down joyful. And, um, So it's hard to hear the story of someone's tragedy and then just move on like it's no big deal. So we're not moving on like it's no big deal, and I don't have a joke. But if you would turn with me this morning to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I just have one verse this morning for you, because actually I'm not really going to preach a sermon today so much as I am going to tell you a story. Um, In his book, Mr. Batterson tells fantastic stories. We're in the middle of our whisper groups and we're continuing this series about hearing God's voice. And this morning we're going to hear about how God speaks through people. And um, as I just went to the Lord and asked him, what did he want me to say today? He just said, tell your story. So that's what I'm going to do. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 should be up on the screen maybe. There it is. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Would you pray with me for just a moment? I thank you, Father God, for this moment. I thank you that you are a God who speaks. You are not silent. You are not hard to get to. You are not hiding from us or tricking us. But you are easy to access, and you come in so many ways. And I thank you personally, Lord, that you speak to us through other people, that you use other voices and other lives to say what you want to say to us, sometimes when we can't hear it for ourselves. And so my simple prayer this morning, Lord, is simply that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, somebody told a joke, because there's something going on over there that's funny. <laughs> um, I want to take you back to February of 2017. The Mallerman family at that time had been living in the state of Tennessee, home of Dolly Parton. She's probably my favorite Tennessean. Pat Summit's a favorite, but poor the lady that took over after Pat Summit, she just got fired if you follow women's basketball. It's hard to follow a legend. But we've been living in Tennessee for 15 years at that time, and one night Andre and I were going to bed. We had been getting a little strange. Things had been feeling a little unsettled. I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you're just going through life, but things that had been normal, regular life starts to feel a little not normal, not okay. And so we kind of been talking to God like, is it time to do something different? What's going on here, Lord? We need you to change things. We actually were asking God to change things. Not to move us or, or anything like that. We were asking God to change things. And so one night we were going to bed. It was just like a regular Wednesday night. Andre and I are getting in bed. And that day at work, I worked in, a, in the classical Christian school that the kids went to. 
was founded by five Baptist families, doctors and lawyers, and they started this school because they wanted their children to have a certain kind of education. And our kids were privileged to go all the way through school there, and I worked there at the time. And that day, I had actually been given the honor of speaking in the secondary chapel service, which might seem like, yeah, okay, Carrie, that's cool. But the only other women that had ever been allowed to speak in that service were allowed because they were principals or teachers. Because being a girl pastor in that environment didn't really make a whole lot of sense. So that day I had been given the opportunity to speak in chapel and had gotten some rave reviews from some people who were famous for the fact that they thought women were um, in submission to their husbands kind of stuff. If, you live in, if you've ever lived in the South, probably that means a little more. Up here it's kind of hard to imagine that kind of life, but it's very real. And so... I had some people come up to me and say, if I knew girls could talk like that, I would have been listening to girls for a long time and things of that nature. Um, So I kind of came home feeling like, wow, this is kind of cool. But that night we're getting ready for bed, and Andre says something to the effect of, you had an awesome day, and who knows, I might not have a job tomorrow. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? So we go to sleep. The day goes on. I'm going through my work day. And I knew Andre had a meeting that day around 2 o'clock. And, but I'm not thinking about that. I'm just going through my work day. And I get a text that says, I think I'm getting fired. I'm like, okay. I know he's in the middle of a meeting, so he's texting on the fly. And I'm like, um, <laughs> I think I said, really? And then heard nothing. So a couple hours go by, and I'm just working, going throughout my day, and my phone rings. Now, I don't know how many of you still call each other, husband and wives. We pretty much don't. We just text. So if the phone rings, I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, something has just gone down. And so I answer the phone, and he says something like, our time here is done, Carrie. Huh? Okay. And so being like the wife that's trying to, like, keep it all together, I say, okay, we'll be okay. Um, what are we going to, okay, I'll come home as soon as I can kind of thing. And there's so much emotion and so many questions and so much going on that there wasn't a lot of conversation. It was just like, okay, this has happened, huh? Are you sure, really? Okay, let me get home. So I go tell my boss. My boss was kind of aware things were a little weird, and I say, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. We're just going to need some time to get through it, to see what's happening. We'd been wondering and waiting and hoping for improvement, but instead things just declined. But we knew that God had sent us to Tennessee. And so if you get to know my husband, you'll find out loyal is like tattooed on his forehead. So God sent us there. And unless God said go, he wasn't going anywhere. It was hard. It was unpleasant. It was not fair. There was stuff going on for a long time that I just, I'm not even going to tell you because it doesn't matter. But what I do know is that he wasn't going unless God said go. Guess what? Point number one is that sometimes when God speaks through people, we won't like what he's saying. I'm just starting it off like I'm just like Susie Sunshine today. Aren't you guys so glad I'm up here? We've been asking the Lord probably for two years what's going on. Is this going to change? Is this going to get better? We had poured everything we had into something to be told thanks, but no thanks. See you later. Sometimes when God speaks through people, we're not going to like what he's saying. I have this favorite quote by Charles Spurgeon, if you could put that up. Um, It says, I have learned to kiss the wave 
that slams me into the rock of ages. I can give you good news about this part of the story this morning. We're good. Everything turned out okay. There's a good ending to this story. But sometimes when God speaks through people, you're not going to like what he says. Sometimes when God answers things, it's not going to be what you expected. And he spoke, but his message wasn't in the tone or type that we had been praying for. It was time to go. And we weren't choosing to go. We weren't given kind or loving or encouraging words. We'd been there 15 years. Our children were born and raised. Well, no, Claire was born in Pennsylvania, but the rest born and raised Tennessee. My children had southern accents. When we asked God to speak, I don't think that's what we thought he was going to say. So I tell my boss I won't be at work tomorrow. We're going to need time because I'm like, what in the for real world are we going to do now? <laughs> Sounds like not a big deal, but guess what? We lived on the church property. So like, you know, you can't be here anymore. doesn't just mean you don't have a job anymore. It means you've got to move. You've got to move on. You've got to figure out new things to do. It wasn't cute. And so we have no job. We have to move. We poured everything we have into this, believing that one day we would be given the chance to take this and, and see if we could fly. But instead our wings got clipped. No soaring was going to happen here. If we would ever get to soar, it would apparently be in another place, not here, where we've given literal blood, sweat, and tears. So after Andre calls me, he calls Dan. This Dan. Pastor Dan. And this is why he calls him. Not like, Dan, can you please give me a job? That's not the call. The call was, Dan, you were a pastor's kid, and we don't want our kids to hate church. We don't want our kids to hate pastors. We don't want our kids to walk away from this and hate ministry. How do we tell them what just happened? Because you know what? We've sold people a bill of goods sometimes in the body of Christ, in the church. We've sold them this idea. We've sometimes tried to bring people to Jesus on the idea that come to Jesus and it'll all be good. It'll all be butterflies and sunshine. He never said that. He said things like, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He says things like, nothing can separate you from my love. Well, if that, he says that, that means something's going to try. And so Pastor Dan gave him great advice, and he said, tell him the truth, and we'll be praying. So that night, this is, this is probably the fun part, because you have to have people in your life who are, gonna, who are ready to just kill somebody for you, right? Like, you need that friend who's like, where are they? I'll get a gun. I'm on my way. It's going to be all taken care of. You need that friend. And my sister lived with us at that time. And so we're sitting there watching TV, and Andre and I kind of look at each other like, we can't really sit here with her in the room and not tell her. It's too bizarre. Um, We had been asked not to tell anybody, but that's another whole part of the story that I'm not going to get into. So we're sitting there, and we're like, Maris, um, I think I said it, because my husband at that time wasn't ready to talk. I said, um, they let him go. They let us go. They, whatever, today. And she was like, really? And ready to kill somebody? And then she was kind of like, good, because I've been wanting you guys to get out of here for a long time. (laughs) You need that friend. If you don't have that friend, go find one. She was like, you know, can I I do, like, mean Facebook messages? Like, what can I do? How can I, hateful emails? Can I go to the press? 
I'm not sure, but she, you know, if there was something she could have done, she would have done it. Thank goodness. Now, it's very, very common in Tennessee to have a permit to carry license. Thank God my sister never got one. Because I'm not sure what would have gone down that night or in the next few days. I can't, I can't guarantee it wouldn't have been ugly. So the next day the kids are at school, and remind, I'm just reminding you, I'm telling you a story. I'm not preaching you a sermon today. I'm just taking you through a little time period in our life because I want to show you how God speaks. Sometimes we don't like what he says when he speaks through people. We weren't liking this very much. So we take the kids to school the next day, and I take the day off, and they're kind of like, why are you taking the day off? Are you sick? My kids are too smart, and it's really annoying sometimes. And like, We try to like not let them know things, but they know. They're just weird. They, they've admitted to us how many times they sat at the top of the steps and listened to entire conversations, so they know way more than they should know about lots of parts of our lives because they're sneaky. And they're nosy like their mother. The kids are at school. We went out for breakfast. I don't know why bacon and eggs seemed like it might help. We went out for, we couldn't, we just had to get out of the house. Because remember, we live at the church. So like sitting at home and wallowing doesn't feel very good. So we go to breakfast. We go to this really beautiful park that's in town. And we just cry and pray and cry and pray. And you know, it's funny when you're a person who in some ways is actually... You actually get paid to hear from God because that's kind of what pastors are. Like, you literally get paid to hear from God. Sometimes things hit you, no matter whether you get paid to hear from God or whether you just you're a regular person who's not a pastor. Sometimes you can't hear anything. Sometimes the pain or the fear or the doubt is screaming so loudly that you can't hear God for yourself. Because we prayed all day long. And we're professional prayers. We're professional hearers from God. And we didn't get one comforting word. We didn't get one sense of direction. I mean, it's like we know Jesus loves us. I'm not talking about like he didn't, I didn't think he loved me anymore. But we didn't hear one thing that was like, guys, guess what? There's this great opportunity around the corner if you'll just hang on nothing. It was just a lot of crying, a lot of blubbering, a lot of tissues. Because sometimes... Our fear and our doubt and our pain is screaming so loudly we can't hear them for ourselves. We need other people to hear them for us. So we go and we pick the kids up together. Now, like this, this thing alone said to the kids, it's like Andre, like the phone ringing. The kids see both of us picking them up together. They're like, alarm, alarm, something's happened, something's wrong. Their first guess was you're pregnant. I was like, no, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you, devil, I am not pregnant. They get in the car and they're like, are you pregnant? I'm like, no, get away. Get behind me, Satan. You're not pregnant. So we pick the kids up together. And for some reason, I think it's wisdom. Andre thinks now that he was just a weirdo. He said, we can't tell the kids this in that house. That's not our home anymore. I want to take them somewhere neutral. So being the um, health conscious people that we are, we go to Dairy Queen. <laughs> Why Dairy Queen? I have no idea. You ever look back and you're like, what in the world? Dairy Queen? Okay. Kind of gross in there sometimes. I don't know. But okay. So so naturally, we head to Dairy Queen. And with tears in our blizzards, we tell our children what happened. We, we explained it without exposing things we didn't want them to know or hear. We tell them the truth, but with wisdom. After a few bites of ice cream, maybe we let them finish their ice cream before we told them. I don't know, because they probably, did we, Claire? 
think we left. Jack's like, eh, I sort of was finished. I don't know. But, so then we say, we want to hear what you guys think. Because here's the thing. From birth, we've taught our children, there, there is no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. The same spirit of the living God that lives inside of their mom and dad lives inside of them. They hear him just like we do. He speaks to them just as loudly and as clearly as he speaks to us. And here are their verbatim responses. Claire was finishing eighth grade and about to become a freshman. Let me tell you something about this first. She started playing basketball in second grade because the coach of the girls' basketball team was her PE teacher, and she absolutely loved him, like adored him, like they had her over to their house. The teacher and his wife, they were really cool people. And Claire started playing basketball because she wanted to play for him in ninth grade. So Claire said, I don't want to move. I don't want to change schools. I've been waiting so long for high school and the sports teams I'm going to get to play on, and I hope we don't have to go anywhere. And so we said, you know what, Claire? We won't go somewhere just to go. We'll move if God sends us, but we will not uproot you guys just to get out of Dodge. God opens a door, we'll walk through it because we laid down our lives a long time ago to the call of the ministry, but we're not just going to uproot you guys just for the fun of it. Here's what Lucy said. What about your friend, Pastor Dan, in New Jersey? I think we should move and work with him. Okay, so we're not prepared for such a specific thought, but okay. And we tell her, um, well, Luce, it's not, it doesn't just work like, hi, Pastor Dan, here we come. There'd have to actually be something for us to go to, but okay. Pastor Dan in New Jersey. And then Jack, they were, they were how old were they? I don't know. I lost track. They were not, they were young kids. But Jack said, Jack was nine. He said, I think this wasn't a man's decision. I think this was God's decision. Sometimes we have to allow the people that are the closest to us to hear God for us. Our kids, the three closest people in our world. Two professional prayers, pastors, hear from God for money. Sort just kidding. <laughs> I'm trying to make you laugh because it's kind of heavy, but heard nothing all day long, praying all day long. But our three kids, because there is no junior Holy Spirit, they hear from God said three things that became the three things that we held on to as we walked through all the rest of this decision process. We will not uproot our family just for the sake of going. Pastor Dan, who knows about that? But, and then Jack, this wasn't a man's decision. This was from God. When your nine-year-old tells you, buck up, God's got this, you need to listen. I mean, they had more faith in that moment than we had. And we needed to lean on the faith and the hearing from God of those closest to us in that moment because we could not hear above our pain. We could not receive because we were hurting so badly. That Saturday, (laughs) we're watching the movie La La Land because that's kind of where we were at the moment in La La Land. It had only been a couple days, and, and so we're just trying to, like, numb ourselves with anything that will make us not think about where in the world are we going to live, how are we going to feed our children, and what did we do to deserve this. And so we're watching this movie, and the phone rings, and it's one of the pastors from the church that where Andre grew up. Her name is Pastor Carol. She is 
the most genteel, soft-spoken, always perfectly done fingernails, perfectly dressed kind of woman. I don't know if you know anybody like that, but just they speak so softly that when you're with them at dinner, you kind of have to lean in to hear what they're saying. You know anybody like that? She just doesn't raise her voice. (laughs) Andre picks up the phone, and I can hear her yelling through Andre's phone. And I'm like looking. He's like, it's Pastor Carol. So he goes out of the room. I can hear her in the other room. I can hear Pastor Carol, this genteel, lean in when she talks. I've probably never yelled in her life before. But she calls, and here's what she has to say. Because remember, we, we're like, we're numb and raw at both at the same time. We're wide open, so vulnerable, so broken, so confused, um, so bewildered. We're at this moment thinking, maybe this is just the end of ministry for us. Like, we jokingly kept saying, if, if we have to, Daddy will just get a job at Best Buy. He likes tech stuff. It, and like, but that was for real an option at that point. Because when you get told after 15 years, hi, thanks, but no thanks, you wonder, like, eh, maybe, maybe this just isn't my gig. Pastor Carol calls, and this is what she says. She says, I want you to know that when you walk into that church tomorrow morning, you don't walk in there alone. Because we had to go to church. And look at the people who just rocked our whole world and smile and look sweet. Pastor Carol, in her genteel but very loud at the moment and authoritative voice, said, you don't walk in that church alone tomorrow. You are covered by every person in this church you grow up in. Every pastor on this staff will be praying for you. You're not alone. You're not uncovered. You're not vulnerable. You're not desperate. And you don't need to walk in there tomorrow like you don't have the backing of people who have loved you your whole life. Because we were wide open. We were broken. We had to walk in and face people who had just done that to us and look like nothing was going on. Because sometimes you need the voice of somebody in your life to call you and say, God is behind you. You are not alone. You are not forsaken. You've not been forgotten. When you feel all those things. Let's move forward a couple weeks. We go to Ohio for spring break. We get to meet with Andre's senior pastor that he'd grown up under his whole life. And sometime before that, there, I think there was a call from Daddy's uncle, Daddy's friend, Pastor Dan in New Jersey, that said something like, "Hey, maybe would you want to consider coming here?" And we're like, oh, "New Jersey, that's far." The kids kind of like it. <laughs> like you don't think rational things when your heart is broken. You need the people in your life to speak to you from God when you've been broken wide open. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are, how mature you are, how smart you are, how good at your job you are, what a great parent you are. When somebody almost kills you, you need the help of the people around you to speak. So we're telling Andre's pastor, now here's here's the real truth. You want to know the truth? Andre's, the church he grew up in is gigantic. Like, I don't know. They've planted like 12 other churches. Andre's youth group was like 500 kids, something like that. Like crazy big. Like so big, like you could never see the same person twice when you go to church big. 
So secretly in our heads, we're like, let's go talk to Pastor Dave. He's probably got a job somewhere. Like, (laughs) I can be a secretary. I don't know. He's got so many churches. And at one point, they had offered to let us plant a church. They had called us. We were in Tennessee and said, hey, we want to plant a church in this city. Do you guys want to come? We'll give you all the money and everything you need. Just start a church. We turned it down because God sent us to Tennessee. So we tell Pastor Dave about Daddy's friend, Pastor Dan in New Jersey. And he says, you know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like God. What are you waiting for? We were like, oh, it does? That's what God sounds like right now. I, I forgot. <laughs> no. Because sometimes you need a different voice, the voice of someone you trust and love to speak. Because really, the thought, after the situation we'd been in, the thought that God could send us somewhere where my husband would get to work alongside two of his best friends seemed like more than we deserved. We didn't feel like we were good enough for something like that. Because Andre and Dan had talked and prayed through the whole story of Life Tree. Andre knew the amazing things that you guys were doing, and we would hear the stuff you're doing in the community and all the ins and outs, and we would ache for something like that. And in that moment, it sounded like a pipe dream. We needed somebody to say, that sounds like God to me. So guess where we end up the very next weekend? We're talking, this is like all within a two-week time period here. <clears throat> the next weekend, we're in New Jersey. One weekend, we're in Ohio. One week, we're in New Jersey. I don't know if you're familiar with the geography of the United States. These places are not close together. <laughs> it's like nine hours one way. We're driving in a minivan with 200,000 miles on it. We're like, we are living the good life right now, folks. We arrive in New Jersey, and that weekend was Nikki's 40th birthday party, surprise party. So we show up, and we're like, hi, we, we're here. We traveled really far to celebrate Nikki, uh, sort of, kind of. We're weirdos. Now, here, I need to let you know where we are in this part of the story, though. In this part of the story, my husband is as sad as I've ever seen him. He's low. It's not easy. We're not like joyfully skipping through Jesus is good and it's all going to be okay time. I am in full-blown anxiety and nightly panic attacks. My ankles were so swollen that I could barely get shoes on because I could not lay flat in bed at night or I would panic. I couldn't lay down. I couldn't rest in any way, and that was causing me to swell. I was sleeping like an hour a night. So here we're like ready to party. <laughs> we're like the good time friends that you have at the party. And so we talked to wonderful people. And let me just tell you something. When you've been not in New Jersey for a long time and you eat New Jersey food again, it tastes like home. I'm like, Jesus, if you only brought us here so I could eat something good, it was worth it. It tasted like home. It smelled like home. And so somehow we made it through that party without looking like zombies. I don't know, maybe we did look like zombies. Somebody else would have to tell me that story. But we got back to the hotel that night, and so we're driven from Tennessee that day, gone to a party. I've got fat ankles. It's not a cute situation in the hotel. And we're there that night, and we're laying around, and we're like, so what did you guys think? Now, here's my children. They hear from God. This is what they said. When are we moving? Do we have to finish the school year in Tennessee? We're like, what is the matter with you guys? Like, are you serious? But we needed them to hear from God in a time when we couldn't hear.
They're a bit of, <laughs> we politely, this is funny, we politely informed them that a job would actually have to be offered to us before we could make that decision, that they were just a bit ahead of themselves, but maybe God was speaking. So over the course of that weekend, we spent hours in the Greco's living room. Like, we'd look at the time and be like, okay, it's been five hours, all the kids are in the basement, is someone dead? Our children hung out together like they'd known each other their whole lives from moment one. It was weird. It was a little weird. It didn't make a lot of sense. But I want to tell you something that happened. As soon as we walked into the Greco's house the very first time, Dan and Anna started talking to Claire and Lucy, asking them questions like, are you scared about moving? Things like just normal people conversations, telling them about times when they'd had to move and that it was hard, but they made it through, things like that. And so it was only a few minutes of conversation. But we get back, we get in their car, and Dan's giving us a grand tour of Robbinsville. And Claire is sitting behind me in the car, and she leans forward and whispers into my ear, we can move here because I can trust them. We can move here because I can trust them. I couldn't hear from the Lord at that moment. I couldn't even see what God was smacking me in the face with at that moment. But the people closest to us heard, we can move here because I can trust them. This was the girl who didn't want to move. But God spoke to her through Dan and Anna, just a normal conversation. And somehow, something in that moment said to her, these people are trustworthy. She felt cared for, heard, and considered. And my last point this morning is that sometimes God speaks through people in ways that are not just words. They didn't say some fantastic thing to Claire that day. They didn't give her some download from heaven like Andre talked about last week or some fantastic thing. They were just normal, loving, having a regular conversation. But that translated in that moment to Claire as God said, it's okay to be here. We had lots of talks. Lots of things were said <laughs> this weekend, over that weekend. So much I can't remember at all. But I remember two very specific things that I want to tell you, and then I'm going to close. The church we came from in Tennessee was a little bit different than Life Tree. Different than Life Tree. And because God expresses himself in lots of different ways. We came from a loud, demonstrative, sometimes wild, sometimes too wild, kind of church in Tennessee. They had prayer meetings throughout the week, hours of prayer. Andre one time calculated how many hours he had spent in prayer meetings. It was in the thousands of hours in Tennessee. They were a praying church. Not that we're not a praying church. I'm just telling you how extreme some of it might have been. Um, Worship, the worship time, the music time could last an hour, hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half. You don't know. You don't know what time you're getting out of church. There's no such thing as Sunday afternoon plans. Church goes as long as the Spirit leads it. And I'm not making fun, I'm being serious. So, all those things just to tell you that we came to Life Tree, and Life Tree was not what we just come out of. It was a different kind of church. Same Jesus, same love for the Lord, same move of the Holy Spirit, all those things, different expression. But when you've been in something for 15 years, you start to feel like that's. That's me. That's who I am. That's how I do stuff. And I remember specifically saying, like, we're a little out there sometimes. Like, <laughs> like we do weird stuff sometimes. I, you know, and I'm, I'm not crazy. But you can tell, ask me later, and I'll tell you the weird stuff I do. 
I'm just kidding. But I remember Dan looking at us and saying this specific thing. We know who you guys are, and we want you for who you are. When you've just been told who you are is not quite good enough, thanks, see you later. And somebody looks at you and says, I don't want you to change. I don't want you to act different. I don't want you to pretend. I don't want you to morph into my way. I know who you are. I see you, and I want you for that exact reason. That is, in fact, God himself speaking to you, telling you that who you are is important and you matter. And healing, beginning a healing of a wound. And then our biggest concern at that time, honestly, all of it, was the kids and school. They spent their whole lives in a classical Christian school with 40 kids per grade, all in one building. Like I told you, Claire knew who the girls' basketball coach was in second grade because everybody is all combined. And we were like, Where, how, how are they going to survive public school? Not because public school is bad, because they've been in such a sheltered place. I worked in their school. It's like, you don't have your lunch? Mommy, can you go get me Chick-fil-A? Like, they had it pretty good. Our kids didn't go anywhere in life that their parents weren't in charge. They were at church or school. (laughs) Either place they are, they're safe. Mom or dad is there, and mom or dad is kind of running the place a little bit. I didn't have parent-teacher conferences. I knew every teacher. If somebody forgot homework, there was an email carrier. They didn't do their homework. And Kevin Holt stood halfway in the kitchen, halfway in the living room with a cup of coffee in the sand. I think he was going for a refill. And I just remember him saying, hey, and listen, don't worry about living in Robbinsville. I know it's expensive, but God will make a way. And don't worry about the kids in public school. Their lights will shine for Jesus there, and they'll make a difference. And he probably thought he was just saying something, but to me that was the word of the Lord straight into my heart. That was God speaking to me, God speaking to Andre. Your kids are going to be okay. Don't you worry about them. I know what I'm doing with them. I have a plan for them, and it's all going to be all right. We couldn't hear God's whisper in this time. We needed the cloud of witnesses to hear it for us. We needed our kids. We needed our friends. We needed pastors that we've trusted for our whole lives. We needed their voices to speak louder than the pain, the confusion, the frustration, and the doubt. We needed familiar voices that we've heard a million times before to transmit the frequency of heaven for us when our connection had been lost. So this morning, all I really want to end with is this. I want us to be challenged to be willing to hear God's voice through each other, but to also be willing to be God's voice to each other. I'm just going to pray here in a minute. But here's what I want us to do. I want us to hear God, be willing to hear God even when we don't like what he's saying. Because here's the thing. I still hate the message that I got, but I would choose that message a thousand times over to get to this place where I am right now. We felt like it was going to kill us. We didn't know it was bringing us into a promised land. And if we hadn't been willing to hear that, even though it hurt, You know what would have happened? Here's the thing. Here's the thing you need to know in this whole story. If that message that we hated hadn't been delivered to us, you know where we would be right now? Tennessee. Miserable. Still wondering if we were in the right place. The message hurt. That didn't make it not from God. And that didn't make it for our good. 
Are we willing, will you be willing with me this morning to hear God, even when we don't like what he's saying? Will you be willing to listen to the voice of others when you can't hear for yourselves? That means you can't isolate yourself. You can't stay in a hole all alone. You need community. You need groups. You need people. Will you be willing to trust the voice of those closest to you and to be that voice? And will you be willing this morning to hear God in ways that sounds like other things than words? Care, concern, compassion, love. Andre and I both, I don't know how this happened, but both heard a song um, by a band called United Pursuit. They're based out of Knoxville. They've written a lot of songs that you know, the song we sing, Break Every Chain, There's Power in the Name of Jesus. But they have this one song that's kind of strange. And somehow Andre and I both landed on it. And I want you to know that when we drove out of that church property, away from our home on June 15th of 2017, we both made this decision that we were going to play this song. And this is what it said. It said, I'm going to leave this house singing. I'm going to leave this house believing. I'm going to go from here believing in your love. The message might hurt sometimes. You might not be able to hear it on your own. But God is speaking. Sometimes he's whispering. Sometimes he's punching us in the gut. Sometimes somebody else has to transmit it for us when we've lost the frequency. But God is speaking. And I want you to know that through our story, here we are. You know what my kids said at the end of their school year last year? Claire specifically said it was the best year of school she ever had. I'm like, do you know how much tuition I paid for you to be in that other school? <sighs> Excuse me. Lucy's rec team won a championship. Jack's teacher at a conference said, he's an amazing kid, but you probably hear that all the time. When God whispers that he's got you, that your kids are going to be okay, that something sounds like him through somebody else, let's be willing to listen. Let's be willing to receive it. When it's good, when it hurts a little, when it doesn't make sense, let's be willing to lean on each other to hear from each other and to believe that we serve a God who still speaks today. Lord, we thank you that you speak loud and clear. Sometimes it's your still small voice, sometimes it's your word, and sometimes it's people. And I can stand here in this moment two years later and say I rejoice in the message that you spoke to us that felt like death in the moment. And I thank you and I will praise you forever, Lord, that you sent our children and trusted pastors and your pastor friend Dan in New Jersey and Kevin Holt and all the people in the middle to speak when we couldn't hear you for ourselves. You're that good. You're that loving. You're that kind that when our pain is screaming so loud, you send another voice, a familiar voice, a voice that we trust to say, I know you can't hear this right now on your own, but I have something for you. I have a good plan. I have a way where there seems to be no way. You are not alone. You are not rejected. You are not forsaken. And we trust in that this morning. We trust your voice in whatever way it comes. Give us ears to hear. Give us words to speak. Let us be the people who speak for you, and let us be people who hear from others. 
We give you glory and honor and praise in this place this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit us at wearelifetree.com or on Facebook and Instagram at wearelifetree.